Hello and welcome back to the S10 Football Podcast. Um, welcome to the second episode. Um, we've not managed to shake off Harry Ewing. Hello, mate. Hi, mate. Um, and we've got a new guest, Everton fan Sam Quinn. Hello, mate. Hello, mate. Um, just a quick introduction, new guest as it is. Um, who do you support, Sam? Unfortunately, Everton. Oh, well. Yeah. Um, bit of a rivalry in the camp with Harry being a Liverpool fan this <laughs> he's week. He's not from Liverpool, though, so it's not real. Ah, no. <laughs> oh, they've started already. Um, <laughs> favourite ever player, Sam? Tim Cahill. And least favourite ever player? And we're going to say both from Everton and opposition. Oh, there's a lot to choose from. I'm going to go Cuco Martina and then from Liverpool, Luis Suarez, because he's just the bane of my existence. Not Steven Gerrard? No, because I, I can respect the scouser. Suarez was just diving everywhere, wasn't he? Yeah, true. I remember true. he scored a free kick against us and David Moyes before had been moaning about him diving. So his celebration was to dive in front of David Moyes. No, that's that, no, that's top shit, Ali, though. It is, but not as an Everton fan. You don't like it. Do <laughs> that is. Well, for anyone um, listening to this who wants Scouser subtitles, unfortunately, we're not able to provide that, so you'll just have to make David Sanford today. Oh. Um, so, to, to introduce the podcast, we're going to do a match day food tier list. So, the categories are class, okay, overrated, or not for me. I'm going to go to each of you individually, and you've got to categorise these foods into one of those categories. Um, so, first of all, Sam, chips on their own thoughts. I'm going to put them into okay. I think they need something else, but, you know, they're okay. I'll, I'll eat it. I'll eat it. Harry, chips with curry sauce. Class. Nah, I, nah, I not, not for me. Overrated. <laughs> not for me. <laughs> um, no, stunning. Sam, the classic fish and chips. Class. Yeah, I'm on that as well. Yeah, I'll back that. Um, Harry, plain burger. You can have a bit of onions on if you want. Um, Okay. I think cheeseburgers Sam, are better, so... Well, Sam, cheeseburger. Overrated. I think that plastic cheese, it's just not... It doesn't hit the same as just anything else, really. Um, This one, I'm not sure if Harry will know what this is, being from the South. <laughs> not really. Um, <laughs> um, a steak pudding, and to describe it to you, it's basically like, you know when you get those like chocolate volcanoes and you like put a spoon in it, just like oozes out chocolate? It's oh, like that. Oh, yeah, no, I've seen these. I've seen these before. It's like um, that, but they ooze out gravy and they've got steak in. Yeah, not for me. Oh. Muppet. <laughs> not for me. <laughs> um, Sam, meat and potato pie. Class. Class. Har- Harry, steak pie? Yeah, class. Controversial one, this. Often divides opinion. Sam, chicken oh, bolty pie. Not for me. No, that's disgusting. Whoever <laughs> made that needs to be locked up. Well, class, mate, unfortunately. Oh, no. Um, and Harry, finally, hot dog. Very American. Yeah, class. Like they're just nice all the time. Bad opinion. The Tiger rollover, roll. the rollover ones are the only ones that are actually all right if they're not hard <laughs> as nails. Glad we've all agreed on that then. So, <laughs> um, I'll copy in the link to this tweet, um, the tier list, and you can argue with um, Harry on Twitter at Harry Ewing Seven or Sam <laughs> on Twitter at Sam Quinn underscore, and it'll be their fault, not mine. Uh, all the Northerners are going to come for me. So, boys, it's the start of a new year. So, we've got a challenge for you. You've got a name, a starting 11, and one sub, starting with each month's letter. So, obviously, um, J, F, 
Um, you get the picture. Yeah. Um, so I've given you this task prior to recording this podcast. So Harry, what have we come up with? Uh, what was your know first goalkeeper or? Yeah, just 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 go through it. Just go through it. Go through the whole eleven. Right, yeah. Cool. So I've got Pat Jennings at goalkeeper. Mm. Um, I've got Trent Alexander-Arnold at right back. Ooh. Ferdinand at centre back. I've got Tony Allen's at centre back as well. I've got Maldini at left back. Janino at centre mid. Skulls in centre mid. Um, left and right wings and Neymar and Messi and up front I've got Dalglish and Michael Owen you know what that's not bad good team <laughs> and then on the bench I've got Dan James because oh, he's God. useless <laughs> and I thought it should get name dropped <laughs> Sam right I've gone all black and goal I've gone Juan Fran right back Maldini and Nesta centre back Alaba left back uh, right wing Messi Two centre mids, Fernandez and De Bruyne. Uh, mm. Left wing, Jota. Up front, Suarez and Aguero. Um, but I think Harry wins this I by does, a distance. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll certainly take that. I'm struggling with Jay, to be honest. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I struggle with Jay there. Mm. Um, so, as we've got Sam on the podcast, we might as well start with Everton chat. So, West Ham, mm-hmm. 1-0. How Everton was that? <sighs> It was very reminiscent, wasn't it, of previous seasons. I think it was coming, though. Like We put a four-win streak at the start of the season, didn't we? And um, it was this, is, this time it's been different. Obviously, we've had injuries that have forced us into playing four centre-backs at the back. So we played a very defensive system. And it's, it's proved well, obviously, beating Chelsea, Arsenal, Leicester and Sheffield United. Watching us, we're not entertaining at all. We we don't know how to attack. We were kind of fluking goals, either by set pieces, pens. And I feel like West Ham knew how to beat us straight away. If they're organised against us and they have a low block and they just let us have the ball, then we don't know what to do with it. I think... You, you got properly moisy, didn't you? We did, we did. Um, <laughs> moise, maybe for the fair... Actually... Carlo has never beat David Moyes. I found that mad. I think it's six games, three losses and three draws against David Moyes now. It's six league games, isn't it? Because they, they beat you in the 2009 FA Cup final yeah. when he was manager. But, so, sorry to bring up one of the worst days of your life, undoubtedly. Yeah, thanks for that. But, yeah, it, it really wasn't a good showing. And I think now that we've, had, we've got a week off now and I think players coming back, which will help, obviously, Lucas Digne's nearly back. Alan should be back by the end of the month. That We don't have any excuses then. I think our full team back, we need to find a balance between the attacking football we had at the start of the season and the defensive solidity we've found recently. But it's just finding that balance because against West Ham, it really wasn't working. We saw bringing Hammers on, didn't really do much. I know he's been out for a while. And then Richarlison, honestly, had one of the worst games I've ever seen. I think he lost the ball 18 times. And he just looked disinterested. So we just need to get the team back together, to be honest. But I'm I'm still hopeful. I... Well, you touched on you touched on Richarlison there, and he's one of um, Harry's hate figures. I know. <laughs> um, I fucking hate that man. So if I offered you um, sixth place and a derby win, or top four and get beat twice by them, obviously you've already drawn, but you know hypothetically, what would you take? And I haven't we I haven't seen a derby win in ten years, so. And either for my soul and mental state. 
Everton um, had a bit of a resurgence when the crowds were allowed back in. Obviously, they were only allowed 2,000, but obviously it does make a difference playing in sounds to playing with 2,000 people backing you. Yeah. Um, Harry, what do you think that, what impact that has? Because obviously Goodison's known as a bit of a bear pit. There's, I don't think there's any ground in English football like it when the crowd's gone a bit moody. There's, this, there's the thing as the Goodison boo and it does actually exist. <laughs> but what do you think, what impact do you think that's had taking it away? Obviously, it's a negative impact in that they're taking away the supporters. Because I saw it at Liverpool as well, because obviously they're share of City. Um, and literally, the crowd backing makes so much difference. Um, you see it in London as well, when Fulham and that were, were playing. They played so much. Um, they got much better results when the crowd were behind them than when they were playing away. Maybe another four or five years until we see that start. So, with it being four or five years, uh, Harry, do you think Everton will win a derby or finish above Liverpool before they leave Goodison? <laughs> Um, I don't think they'll finish above Liverpool, um, but I think that's pretty universal Universal because you've got good young players and one of the best coaches in the world, um, so I don't think we're going anywhere. But in terms of winning a game... Bear in mind, they've, think, not, they've think... not won one at Goodison since 2010 and not won at Anfield since 1999, which I don't, out, think, they'll which... Win, I don't think they'll win at Anfield. I think we'll win one. But I think in the next... Because assuming it takes five years... I reckon, yeah, I reckon you might still want a Goodison, to be honest. Yeah. Which your team's not, your team's, this is the best Everton team I've seen while I've been watching football, um, which is probably, like, what, six, seven years? Yeah, I mean, recent, to be fair, re, like, over recent years, there's been a lot of draws, hasn't there? I know there's a few. Yeah, so, yeah, that's, if, if we'd won convincingly every match, then it would be like, yeah, but there's, there's a few games, like, even the one most recent, where we, we managed to draw, it's a bit like it could easily have turned on its head. You probably did deserve to win that, though. Yeah, I know, I know. I'm still a bit salty about that match, but we just got to let it go. Still a bit salty about it. You didn't wake up till half time. <laughs> I, got a, I, yeah, got a, I got a text from Harry at half time saying, I, What's the match been like? Just I, woke up. Wow. I, didn't, I didn't watch hey, the Van Dyke injury live. I heard a plastic fan coming over. Uh, <laughs> it was just, just a heavy night, that's all. No, sure. So, so moving across from Merseyside to South Yorkshire, Sheffield United, nope. they obviously lost uh, Crystal Palace 2-0 yesterday. They've got two points from their first 16 games, I think it is. What's gone wrong over there, Sam? I think this summer was, in hindsight, pretty bad, wasn't it? I think spending 23 on Ryan Brewster, who hasn't really delivered. <laughs> I, I was buzzing when that transfer happened. I know a Liverpool masterclass getting 23 mil for him. <laughs> so Mr Lanke for like 20 mil a few years ago. But yeah, he's he's not even getting in the team right now, is he? He's really not delivering. I think Oli Burke um, hasn't scored a goal yet. I think Jaden Bogle and who was the other fullback? Lowe, was it? Yeah, Max Lowe. Max Lowe, they were good pickups, but are they directly improving the starting eleven? I don't know. I don't think they, and they lost um, one of their best centre backs in uh, O'Connell, didn't they? So I think they're just getting found out right now. I just don't think that team has enough quality to stay in the league. I really don't. Well, I texted my mate before recording this podcast. Uh, he'll probably be listening, um, Steersy, and I asked what's been supporting Sheffield United been like this year and he described with one word painful <laughs> <laughs> so um, as much as we feel for him um, it's absolutely not gone right for them do you think that it's Wilder's stubbornness that's caused this and obviously it's obviously been a bit of a malaise with the loss of a crowd as well which is obviously massively yeah. influential over there 
But Harry, where do you put their failings this year down to? Um, well, like you said, I think a lot of it goes down to the fact there's no crowd because we knew last season, I think it was pretty well documented that Sheffield were overachieving um, and the seventh place was amazing or whatever they finished in the end. But I know they were seventh for a lot of the time. Um, the fact that they managed to finish in the top half of the table was something to be proud of. So I think the way they're playing this year is kind of how a lot of people expected them to play last year. Um, so I'm not really surprised, but I think a lot of it's down to um, the loss of like Dean Henderson and some some quality players they had then, yeah. um, and the crowd's gone, which is obviously huge because Bramall Lane's a fortress. And yeah, I just think overall it just it's difficult because they're on track to be the worst scoring team uh, ever, like in terms of points. Um, but they're not playing that badly, if you know what I mean. Like they're losing, but they're not getting mm. battered. Like they lose maybe one two nil with a team like that and a manager like that. It's it, it, it's not awful, but yeah, they're definitely going down um, and they don't really deserve to stay up. You mentioned they're on the they're on track for the least points ever. Well, the team who holds that record currently is Derby yeah, in 2008. Yeah. yeah, 11 points in 2007-8. Um, do you think they will get less than that then? I think they will. Mm. Well, I if, I'll be honest. I wonder if Sheffield fans would want to break the record now. I think I would. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> be some, well, if you're going to be bad, be really bad. Yeah. yeah. When when you sanctioned £20 million on Rian Brewster, whose major career achievement was uh, getting a Champions League winner's medal despite not playing and then going to the barbers in it the day after, you deserve to get relegated. Maybe, have you seen that video? Yeah. Maybe I have. saw him as a championship signing. He was good for Swansea, wasn't he? Well, yeah. So, I think I think when they get relegated, because let's be real, they are going to get relegated. Yeah. Um. When they get relegated, um, I think Brewster will play well. But at the moment, he's just, yeah, he's not ready to start. So, Sam, if you're Chris Wilder, Sheffield United fan and ex-player, um, and you've got the option to head to a mid-table, lower-level Premier League club, are you staying or are you going? No. I think he's grown with this team. I think without this team, he isn't regarded as... Is he regarded as good? I mean, I, I, any any anyone who takes a club from League One to the Premier League in three years should have a bit of credit in the bank, shouldn't true. they? True. I also think he shouldn't be sacked if they go down. I think that's a given. Um, he hasn't. Well, it, you can't even give him the excuse that he hasn't been backed. I think, as you say, twenty mil for Rian Brewster. Yeah, like he's had the back and elsewhere. No, I wouldn't leave. Um, I think you go down with Sheffield United, you rebuild, and you come back in a few years. PSG announced their new manager this week, a certain Mauricio Pochettino. Now, for me, I think he's took the easy option and he's been accused for his entire managerial career of never winning anything. We've had um, many debates in our group chat <laughs> with, a certain, with a certain Tottenham fan, hello Josh, um, about Mauricio Pochettino. But what do you think, Sam? Do you think he's took the easy option? I mean, what other job is available right now? I know United fans have been looking at him ever since Solskjaer got offered the job, but Ole's in a healthy position right now. I don't think he's getting sacked anytime soon. And I think Poch is just eager to get back into managing. So PSG is literally the only job with enough calibre for him to take right now. I know he's not a fraud. I think he's transformed teams like Southampton and uh, Spurs. Getting, I know 
we've joked about it. That'll, that'll look good in his trophy cabinet, won't it? I know, Transforming I know. Maybe, I think he should have been given a bit more time at Spurs. I think I think by now he would have won something if he was still at Spurs. But I think you got you got to give a, a man, an op, um, man some praise for taking Spurs, who really were probably on a level with Everton before he came in. Maybe like seventh, sixth, something like that. To with no um, money spent in the transfer window, get into a Champions League final. I think that's class. No, but when they finally did give him money, they brought Ndombele in. What position were they in when he got the sack? They were bottom half, weren't they? True, but they wouldn't have been bottom half if he stayed. Yeah, I mean, there's like, uh, I'm pretty sure United, Arsenal and City have all been bottom half of the of the table at some point this season. So it's like sacking the managers then. Yeah. So Harry... For him at PSG, is it a Champions League win or be seen as a failure? Because they all win the French oh, League, let's be honest. It's, it's difficult. I think he's going to win the the um, French League. I think that's pretty certain. I don't know because... if that's a given. Do you not think? I think, no. although I don't think they're top at the moment, are they? They're third, they are. I think. And uh, Lille and Lyon are above them. Who are but both? you'd expect... It should be, it should be a given. It, it should be, yeah. And I think... Um, I think Pochettino is a good manager, but I don't think PSG is his kind of club. Pochettino has made his name by not spending much money, uh, especially with Spurs, and getting good results. And PSG are essentially the opposite of that, in that mm. they spend loads of money. Um, and they, I think I saw a, um, I saw something on it, and it's PSG like thrive off of being more of a business than a football club. Um, and they're not built to to win trophies, really. They're built to to raise shirt sales. Um, they bring in superstars that don't necessarily work together, and I think Pochettino is a really good name to bring in for the club because he's a he's a big you know he's a big name former player. Um, but for Pochettino, although short term it might be a good move, long term if you look at the last few PSG managers, they just get thrown out, and they, you have people like uh, Emery who before uh, was managing what Sevilla and he was doing well. He, he got Europa League after Europa League. He was playing really well in the league, and then he came into PSG, um, did what most managers would do, which is win the win the league a few times. Um, and then he got sacked. And he ended up at Arsenal and then thrown out of there. And then now he's at Villarreal. So when you look at the past PSG managers, it's, it's not favourable for Pochettino. So unless he can win them the Champions League, uh, I can't see this being a positive move for him. Well, you talk about um, one of you said he's not a fraud. But if you think about it, he had good sides at Tottenham. You can say, well, he built them and everything. But 2015 League Cup final against Chelsea, lost. 2018 FA Cup semi-final against one of the worst United teams there's been. The one that had um, Jones and Smalling and Valencia right back. Um, and lost the semi-final to them. Um, Champions League final, did brilliant to get there, but lost. So, is he not just a specialist in nearly getting there, Sam? You could say that, I guess. But... Um... I, don't, I think his champ is PSG job will be definitely judged on Champions League, won't it? I think he's been renowned as a man manager, but with PSG, it's he's got some characters to deal with, hasn't he? I know Neymar. If he doesn't like you, he will get you out of a job. But I think Poch needs to be judged on how he builds a club up. Yeah, finals are important, but if you compare him to Ancelotti at Everton right now, I don't expect Ancelotti to win anything in the next three years but he's building us up but and PSG need that as well they're not a balanced team at all if you look at that team yeah you've got Neymar and, and Mbappe 
there's a few like players there who don't deserve to be playing for a team like PSG. Tilo Kera is not a great player. Yeah, Chupamoti, um, Kazawa as well. Yeah, Kazawa. There's a lot of dead wood there, so he's got a job on his hands, I think. Well, another topic of conversation this week was um, Leeds United causing a bit of a stir once again. Um, obviously, they've just been battered 3-0 by Spurs um, a couple of days ago. But the big thing that came out of Leeds United this week was after their 5-0 win at West Brom, um, the Leeds United club Twitter account took a bit of a swipe at Karen Carney, who was doing the Amazon Prime coverage. Um, and if you've not heard this yet, Karen Carney basically said that um, Leeds may burn out at the end of the season and were only promoted from the Championship because of COVID and the three-month break that ensued. Um, Sam, first of all, what did you make of Karen Carney's comments? I personally thought she had all the right in the world to say what she did. I don't think she worded it correctly. I think what she said was like leaning on the side of they only got promoted because of COVID, whereas maybe she should have said... COVID and coming back after Project Restart did help them where other teams fell off. We saw West Brom, they didn't take um, opportunities to leapfrog um, Leeds. We saw Brentford fall off in the Championship a lot. I think she's completely right. I think Leeds, the way they're playing right now, we're seeing it like they can burn out easily. Like the the constant running Bales has got them doing. You don't know one game they might score six, the next they might concede six. So I think she's completely right. I hope Leeds United Twitter get hold of this soundbite. She'll be in for a hell of a time on Twitter. <laughs> um, Harry, what did you think of what she said? Um, same same sort of thing as Sam, really, in that I can see why the Leeds fans got so offended. Because on the surface, it does sound really rude. Um, but then when you look at... She didn't... It's difficult because I don't think the intent was there to to like deface Leeds' championship win i think it was yeah just to prove a point that um the the break did help leeds basically that's all she should have really said but yeah i, I don't know i think it's easy to um I, I think if someone said that about liverpool winning the league um i would also be upset so i can see why leeds fans are pissed off well we can do if you <laughs> want <mate. laughs> that's right i think i think let, let's be real i think we'd wrapped it up by about christmas didn't we <laughs> yeah, true. Um, well, Harry, were Leeds right to get involved? Then are they? Do they have a right to say something? back? Yeah, they did. Yeah, I think they had, they had the right to say something back because of what she said, rather than what she meant. And what she said was that um, essentially, what Leeds fans would have seen it as is that Leeds didn't deserve to get promoted because it was COVID's fault that they got uh, that they got promoted in the first place, um, which is just not true, really, because Leeds were Leeds were pretty good last season, from to, to my knowledge. Um, well, in fairness, in fairness to Leeds, um, in the five games before the suspension of the league, they won every game, and I don't think they conceded a goal. They might have conceded one, and in the first game after um, the restart, they lost at Cardiff. So I think what Leeds fans have said is that her her statement didn't really conform to the facts. Um, but speaking more recently, um, we I touched on it before that they got battered again three 0 by Spurs. Um, Sam, should Bielsa change his style of football? Because it seems like every time they go away to a big club, Tottenham, United, Chelsea, um, they get battered. What do you think? From a neutral standpoint, yeah. I think it'll work this season, definitely. Obviously, 
everyone's calling them the most entertaining team in the league, and I, I'd agree. But next season, you can't keep that up. I think you need to stop shipping goals, definitely. I know they've had injury problems when it comes to the back there. You signing Diego Llorente is being out. I think Robin Cox being out, hasn't he? But it's, a, it's such a gung-ho approach that it's not going to work in the Premier League. I think you need to learn to grind out 1-0 wins instead of going for it the whole time. I think you need to find a, a system that can adapt to the Premier League. I think he, he's being a bit stubborn at times. Definitely against Man United. I think everyone could see that from a mile away. That if you attack Man United, they're going to kill you on the counter. I know they brought Dan James in for that game for that exact reason. And look, that he ruined them, didn't he? So I think this season they'll stay up because there's easily at least four or five teams worse than them. But next season, I think definitely some some defensive reinforcements need to get brought in. Well, what I find interesting about Leeds is their portrayal um, from Sky and BT in particular. Now, Leeds got battered, as I've mentioned, at Old Trafford. But 90% of the commentary was Martin Tyler and Gary Neville just saying how great mm-hmm. Leeds are. And I, th- I just think it rubs people up the wrong way when they see a team who is entertaining to watch, but often is tactically a bit naive or gung-ho, as you put it, um, getting all the credit. Um, Harry, what do you think of how Sky and BT portray Leeds? And is it fair, considering other teams who set their sides up well and achieve results, who necessarily don't who don't necessarily get the praise um, because they're not as good to watch. Well, I think that um, the main reason why BT and Sky, well, are back in Leeds, um, is only really due to like the halo effect in that uh, they're playing good-looking football and as a result, they just like them more. <laughs> so, I, th- I think I've seen it loads where teams have played beautiful football, especially, I think, under, under Sarri, Napoli did as well, where when teams play beautiful football, the whole world kind of gets behind them. I can guarantee you there is no way I will be getting behind well, Leeds United. Well, no, but like, like prime nineteen seventies Brazil. No, I mean, or not. If, if Leeds are playing, um, say Leeds are playing Southampton, people are more likely to watch that game than another than another game between two two sort of uh, well, maybe not Southampton because they're not mid table. But if you get Leeds versus Crystal Palace, you're more likely to watch that than um, what Burnley versus whatever West yeah. Brom or whatever. You know what I mean? Now, we're recording this podcast. It's currently 25 to 3. So, assuming it's still on in this godforsaken COVID world, um, I'm going to do some score predictions. So, Chelsea versus Manchester City this afternoon, 4.30. Sam, what do you think? I'm going to go 2-0 City. Um, I'm going to go 2-1 Chelsea. Well, I'm going to go down the middle then and go 2-0. <laughs> um, and Monday Night Football, Harry, Southampton, Liverpool. Uh, 3-0 Liverpool. 3-1 Liverpool. 2-1 Southampton. Maybe, maybe. Only because there is no way that I'm going to predict them <laughs> to win it again on this podcast. <laughs> well, never. Could be Liverpool-Sheffield. <laughs> I, might, I might just lay them on betting every week until the end of the season and come back about 50 quid down, <laughs> but at least my prize yeah. intact. <laughs> well, thank you for listening to this podcast. Um, thank you to the boys for appearing. Um, if you want to follow them on Twitter, Harry is at HarryEwing7 and Sam is at Sam Quinn. Quinn being Q-U-I-N-E underscore. Um, also have a look at his stuff on ToffeeTVEFC.com and 1-2-Football-UK has done some good stuff. Um, so thanks, thanks boys, for coming on. Um, and see you next time. Bye. Yeah.